It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blagranas podcast. My name is Josh. I am joined by David McFarland, an editor at SB Nation's Intersite Serpents. David, how are we doing today? Good. How are you? We're doing good. I'm recording this a couple days in advance of Barcelona's trip to Inter Milan uh, for the first of two matchups over about, I think, about an eight-day stretch that uh, Barca and Inter will play together in the Champions League. Um, these two teams are in a lot different places than they were last season. And that's why I wanted to bring you on to chat about Inter and kind of the transition they're making in, uh, uh this season. Um, just kind of starting off bluntly, uh, uh, second place Inter, they add Romelu Lukaku back into the mix and now they just look completely flat. Uh, what's happening? Yeah. The only transition we've made has been from a good team to a bad team. Lukaku, he's been injured for about a month now, and no one knows when he's coming back. He was supposed to be out for two weeks. And so that means basically we have the same roster as last season. And towards the end of last season, you could see there were a lot of holes on the team. And that's why we didn't win the league. We just kind of cratered down the last stretch. And Simone Inzaghi has not found a way to change that yet. This team looks stale, out of ideas. And now with uh, Marcelo Brozovic out for a month, I don't see that changing anytime soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if Inzaghi's out of a job within a week. So I was about to ask you that. Uh, if things go poorly against Barca in midweek, and then um, I can't remember who Inter play over the weekend, but uh, is there a chance... Inzaghi- oh, oh, great. Uh, is there a chance Inzaghi's out before uh, the return leg? I think if we lose to Sassuolo and Barca, it'll be it'll be surprising if he's still in a job. Now, I would keep him because I don't think we're going to find anyone that's better than he is. And I don't think the problems start with him. I think the problems start with this, the roster and the 
uh, financial problems that Sooning has had as our owners. I was going to say, because that's, that's the classic, like, oh, we're going to fire our manager. Well, then who are you going to hire? Like, there's not really anyone out yeah. there better for Inter at this point. I mean, the, the roster can only play a 3-5-2. There's not a single <laughs> winger on this roster. And yeah, the, so we're just going to have to hope. The loss of, uh, and I, I should have said this at the top, uh, they didn't really just add Lukaku. They, they lost Perisic. How big of a loss has he been? The original thought was not too bad because we had uh, Robin Goosen signed for $20 million last January. And the thinking was we'd have him for six months so he could get used to the system, learn from Perisic. And then once Perisic left on a free transfer, Goosens would be the starter. And he's been anything but a starter. He just hasn't shown any of his form that he showed at Atalanta. And without, without anyone on that left flank that can really cause problems, it's a different inter team and not in a good way. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm breaking news to you or not, but uh, just like briefly Googling, I think there's a chance that, and of course, I don't know why I'm saying this. You see things way quicker than I do. Uh, is there a chance Latoro is not playing on Tuesday? Oh, he's questionable. He's questionable? Okay. Because I so, thought I saw that one of the papers was saying that him that he was out, but I guess it's questionable. Yeah. Good grief. So, okay. So if, if, if Latoro is out and Lukaku is obviously out, um, Barcelona are weak at the back line right now, thanks to the lovely um, football schedule that all the, the players have, you know, uh, I don't know if they've agreed, but th that they're playing where the international break is just insane leading up to the World Cup. Uh, Barcelona have lost a few defenders. Um, how can this uh, <laughs> this bleak attack of Inter uh, perhaps take advantage? Like wh what's left of Inter's attack to take advantage of Barcelona? Well, you, you have a 35-year-old Enanjeko <laughs> who can't really run anymore. And then Joaquin Cordeta, who has like one good game every maybe two months. So maybe, maybe we'll get that good game uh, this Tuesday. Hmm. But we're going to have to hope that the defense keeps Lewandowski from causing too much trouble and maybe just, just luck our way into a goal. I think the good news is uh, Barcelona, like while they're obviously playing way better, um, they're <laughs> they're undefeated at home. Uh, they have won 18 matches unbeaten at home. Uh, I think Xavi broke the La Liga record that was previously held by Zidane for that. So that's that's good news for Barcelona coming uh, coming to Inter. Um, the the way that the attack is leading up to Lewandowski hasn't been there in the last couple of games. Um, or I shouldn't say last couple of games, specifically in the match against Mallorca this weekend. Uh, they don't look like themselves with some of the injuries. And so I think you're going to, we're going to see two teams that are playing each other on Tuesday that I think when we first saw this group, I was incredibly excited um, for for the matchups, not necessarily excited to see who is going to come out because there's there's going to be a pretty good football team that's left out of this group. Um, if you had to say right now, because I think I think Bayern have made it pretty clear that they're probably that they're going through uh, between Inter and Barca, who would you favor to get out of this group? 
Barcelona. Yeah. I mean, even under Conte, Inter couldn't beat Barca in the Champions League when it mattered. And that was with our best team and against Barca's third squad. So I don't I don't see a weekend enter getting any points from these two games against Barca. Okay, so let's let's just talk about interseason prospects for a second. Um you're placed as sporting director. What moves are you making to like basically what weaknesses do you want to see mended uh in the winter transfer window for this inter team? There's a lot. I think you'd have it depends because with um with Sunni as our owners, we really can't spend much at all. But I think this team could really use a creative midfielder. Someone that can just create something out of nothing. Sort of like Dybala, funnily enough. Because this team just, it's out of ideas. If the system, if the plan A is not working, there's nothing else available. And so just having someone with that moment of magic would be really good to unlock games and just get us a goal out of nothing. I will say this as much as it pained me to see Dybala not end up on Inter. Uh, it was the classic Dybala to score an incredible goal and then limp off with a cramp shortly afterwards. Yeah. It was, it was very classic. Um, okay, so your confidence level with Barca coming to the San Siro, what are your expectations for the match in terms of how it will play out? I think... It'll. If I had to give a score prediction, I'd say two zero Barca, without without much trouble. I think Inter will do enough to not get blown out because it's they'll be home. They'll have a huge crowd behind them. But I think just mentally, this team doesn't have it in them. And has the, Barca will has get the, the first goal. Has the crowd turned yet on Simone? Do you, do you think that's coming? I think it's it's on the way. I think there's still a lot of people obviously going to the games, but just too many losses. It's, it needs to change. Mm. Well, you've made me feel good writing for Barcelona, so that makes me feel good. Um, thinking about thinking about uh, Brozovic, um, is he going to be an insert player after this season? I think so. I think he he's too important of a piece to lose. And I don't think we'd get enough money for him to make it worth it. Because he's, he's already 29. And most clubs wouldn't pay much for someone that age. So he's worth a lot more to us than any clubs that would buy him. And he just, I think he signed a long-term deal. And I think he he loves the club, so he'll stay. Um, since you know we had the international break, the most recent kind of portrait Barcelona fans can take of Inter Milan to kind of get a picture of who they're going to be playing uh, is the most recent matchup against Roma over the weekend. Uh, we didn't get the the antics of Jose Mourinho on the touchline, unfortunately, due to the suspension. Uh, but we we got to see kind of how to pick apart Inter. What? What lessons can Barcelona take away from Roma's win over Inter over the weekend? Like, what what did Inter, or what did Roma do so well to be able to come away with the win? The funny thing about the Roma game is Inter probably played the best it has in 
in months and or at least in weeks and still ended up losing they just again they lacked that final pass to create the, ch the chance and then moma was so clinical i think they had maybe maybe three good scoring opportunities and they scored two of them so garza just sits back and must enter kind of you know just play around with the ball without doing anything and then one counterattack, and they can score with someone as good as Lewandowski. That's all they they'll need. Mm. Okay, so taking your uh, your Inter hat off for a second, just step into the Barcelona realm for a minute, kind of just you know get situated. Uh, in terms of like just you know the footballing mind that David has, who right now do you think is going to win the Liga? Barcelona just took the lead in the league for the first time after after Real Madrid's draw today for the first time since, I think, 2020. Uh, if you if you were a betting man, and you might be, I don't know, uh, who would you bet to win La Liga this year? I have to say Barcelona. I think Real Madrid, they have a higher ceiling, but I don't. they don't have the depth Barca has. Mm. Barca's... I like their squad. It's a lot of really good players on on the pitch and on the bench. And I think that's going to be what's so important with this crazy season, how, how compressed it's going to be, is who is the better bench. So in all of, like, speaking just like, I guess, for the Champions League, if you had to kind of handicap it, because I'm always interested to get people's perspective on this. Uh, if I had to ask you your top three teams in Europe and you don't have to rank them, who would you have as your top three in Europe right now? Because I think it's kind of an interesting conversation. Man City, mm -hmm. PSG, and then Bayern Munich. You're putting Bayern in there, huh? Yeah, I think. Real Madrid is a close fourth. And then I think Barca is maybe in the second tier. But that over, for a league-wide season, they have the, the roster to win the league. Maybe, maybe not the Champions League though. Who is the, uh, who's the second best English team? Just out of curiosity, who do you think it is? It's tough right now with Liverpool not looking so good and Chelsea struggling. So I'd say Tottenham with Conte and Perisic. I just got to say, watching Tottenham games and seeing Perisic like swinging in corners just makes me sad. Yeah. Just leaves a deep hole in my heart. Seeing him on Inter was so much fun. Um, okay. I said this was going to be short, and I'm going to hold myself to that. Uh, are you really going to say 2-0 Barca as your prediction? I'll give Inter a goal. Who's it Actually, coming from? <laughs> I'll say 2-3 Barca. Oh, we'll see a lot of goals. Two goals. Jekko's going to waddle his way in for a header. Is that what's going to happen? He's going to get one. And then I think we'll get one off the corner. I think we, if, if uh, Andre Onana, if he starts, I could see us getting a draw because Handanovic is, unfortunately, he's been starting the majority of the games. But he's been guilty for at least one goal a game pretty much all season. And Onana made 10 saves against Bayern. So if, if Nzagi puts an Onana in there, we have a we have a shot. 
I saw a pretty good Handanovich uh, thing on Reddit today that I need to send you, but that's that's beside the point. Um, why? What? What sort of dirt does Handanovich have on uh, inter executives that keeps him getting such consistent playing time? Do you have any theories? I think obviously he's been here for a while, so he's had time to collect a lot of dirt. <laughs> he probably has some on everyone in the front office at this point. It's not a far stretch. I mean, I'm sure the guys over there aren't doing, you know, I'm sure they're doing some shady stuff at this point, but I don't know. It's interesting. Okay. Um, man, you, I, PSG and Byron is to round out the top three. Can't get over that. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, what about Inter's uh, prospects in Syria this season? I know, um, I think you had them finishing second in the predictions piece you did at the beginning of the year. That uh, was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. So they're eight points off the top of the table. Well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, do you actually think, like, is them finishing outside the top four a realistic possibility in your mind at this point? Yeah, it is, unfortunately. And I think Syria is probably going to be the, the craziest league in Europe this season. Just out of everyone, no one's that much better than anyone else. Maybe everyone's mediocre, but it's going to be make for a really fun season. I think Juve, they haven't been great. Obviously, we've been struggling. And then you have Napoli and Atalanta and Udinese at the top of the table. So it's no one can predict anything in this league. And Inter has to really start playing better because there's a lot of good teams with Roma, Lazio, and um, obviously Juve and Milan, and they're only two of them are in the top four right now. So Inter has a lot of competition. And if we don't turn things around by the World Cup, I think it's gonna be a close call. Okay. Um, and I, I just have to bring this up because I was about to wrap things up and say, everybody check out David on Twitter at David underscore MC. Um, your latest tweet is in regards to Halloween candy. Uh, it was Snickers, Reese's, Twix, and Milky Way. And you said one has to go. And you said, if your answer isn't Milky Way, I'm afraid you're wrong. Uh, I'm going to need you to explain why the Milky Way should go before the uh, Snickers. Before Snickers? Snickers is Snicker, Snickers or Reese's are the clear numbered one and two. So Twix would be three for you? Twix would be three. Have you had like a legit Twix bar, not like the little baby ones? Like, Maybe I haven't had enough of them. <laughs> no, that's fair. I think Milky Way is the correct choice. Um, when I first saw this, I honestly thought you were saying that Milky Way was the best, but then I reread it and I understand what you're saying now. The Milky Way feels like a candy that has a lot of potential and they just like, they finished at 75% of the idea. And then it feels like it's missing something. I don't know if it's like a pretzel, like a take five or something like that. I don't know if that would complete yeah. it. Maybe like a little more peanut butter action. Because if you do peanut butter and caramel, I don't know. You might have something. That, um, yeah, that's what the Snickers is so good at. I don't that. Know. It's October. It's candy time. Are you pro or uh, against the candy corns? I'm against. Okay, chocolate cool. is where it's at. Chocolate is the best candy by far. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because like candy corn, like I have two little kids. The candy corn is always a... Uh, it's like a big hit, 
And I think it's because they don't have any taste, like any palate yet. It's just sugar. They don't yeah. understand that. It's like when Easter, like spring comes around and those little like bunnies, those disgusting little rabbits that are like the fluffy ones come around. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? They're called... Peeps. But, peeps. Yeah, That's what they're called. Yeah, peeps. Yeah. I don't understand. I think it's just because of the shape they're in. Yeah, if they were I mean... circles or like squares, no one would care. But because it's <laughs> like a, a corn and a, a rabbit, they're so popular. The candy executives know what they're doing. It's just big candy trying to take us all down. That's all it is. All right. Well, David, thank you for joining us on a uh, Sunday evening. Um, we won't take up any of, more of your time. Everyone check out David's work on Dirty South Soccer and, of course, Serpents. Uh, you can get it, t- catch him on Twitter at David underscore MC. And, uh, David, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And good luck this season. 